0: Our Old Testament reading this morning is from the book of the prophet Isaiah. In the 64th chapter, we'll hear the opening nine verses. I invite you to listen. Therefore, a word from the Lord as it is written, Oh, that you would rend the heavens, that you would come down, that the mountains might shake at your presence, as fire burns brushwood, as fire causes water to boil to make your name known to your adversaries, that the nations may tremble at your presence. When you did awesome things for which we did not look, you came down, the mountains shook at your presence, for since the beginning of the world, men have not heard nor perceived by the ear, nor has the eye seen any God besides you who acts for the one who waits for him. You meet him who rejoices and does righteousness, who remembers you in your ways. You are indeed angry, for we have sinned. In these ways, we continue, and we need to be saved. But we are all like an unclean thing, and all our righteousness are like filthy rags. We all fade as a leaf, and our iniquities, like the wind, have taken us away, and there is no one who calls on your name, who stirs himself up to take hold of you. For you have hidden your face from us and have consumed us because of our iniquities. But now, O Lord, you are our father. We are the clay and you are potter. And all we are the work of your hand. Do not be furious, O Lord, nor remember iniquity forever. Indeed, please look. We all are your people. Here ends this reading from God's Holy Word. Our New Testament reading this morning is from the Gospel according to Mark. In the 13th chapter beginning in verse 24 and continuing through verse 37. Again, I invite you to listen. For a word from the Lord as it is here written. But in those days... from the fig tree, learn its lesson. As soon as its branches become tender and puts forth its leaves, you know that summer is near. So also, when you see these things taking place, you know that he is near at the very gates. Truly, I tell you, this generation will not pass away until all these things have taken place. Heaven and earth will pass away, but my words will not pass away. But about that hour, that day or hour, no one knows, neither the angels in heaven nor the Son, but only the Father. Beware, keep alert, for you do not know when the time will come. It is like a man going on a journey when he leaves home and puts his slaves in charge, each with his own work and commands the doorkeeper to be on the watch. Therefore, keep awake, for you do not know when the master of the house will come in the evening, or at midnight, or at cockcrow, or at dawn. Or else he may find you asleep when he comes suddenly. And what I say to you, I say to all, keep awake. Here ends this reading from God's holy word. Today, we enter into... Another season of the church this first Sunday of Advent. It seems to me that this may be the most Adventiest Advent in, well, at least in my lifetime. The season of Advent is traditionally a season of expectant waiting and watching, keeping awake as the gospel says, as the celebration of the nativity of the Lord draws near. And this year, it seems as if it's not only we who are in the church, but pretty much the whole of the world, who is expectantly watching, waiting for the coming of a COVID cure, or at least a vaccine. In the church and in the world, we're all in the same boat. Much of the rhythm of our lives has slowed or even come to a standstill, and we find ourselves stuck. We are waiting. We are waiting for things to pick up again. And because we don't have very much control over the whole situation, it's pretty much out of our hands. Just the way it was 2,000 years ago, when the world in solemn stillness lay, whether we like it or not, and probably more not than like, the world and we who are in it have been stilled. This time may be a reminder to us that, though we don't like to admit it, ultimately we are not as in control as we believe we are we are finding that we are forced to wait on someone else to act. The Hebrew people, they were awaiting the coming of a Messiah, one who would act to free Israel from all that oppressed her. From the occupying army out of Rome, from their Herodian lapdogs in Jerusalem, from the corrupt religious establishment in Israel, they expected one to come to them in the form of a mighty military commander. In the image of a Davidic conqueror, they had a preconceived notion of the one who should come to fulfill their agenda. When the long expected Messiah did come, he looked quite different and he had an agenda which was quite different from that of the people. The issues the people then faced, as it turned out, were in the larger scheme of things, merely inconveniences. God sent them a savior, one to accomplish that which no man or men over any amount of time could ever bring about by themselves. Rather, Jesus was to address the most intransigent and deadly enemies known to mankind, sin and death. In our day, too, we find ourselves waiting for the coming of a Savior, one who will act to free this world from lockdowns, from the ubiquitous social distancing From the economic malaise that has gripped world financial markets and driven unemployment rates through the roof, we expect that it will come in the form of a laboratory synthesized chemical cocktail dispensed in vials, and we hear tell that it's just around the corner. Yet as acutely anxiety-provoking as all these pandemic-related concerns are, these issues are, in the larger scheme of things, mere inconveniences. From a divine distance, they pale in comparison to the most intransigent and deadly enemies still known to mankind, sin and death. There has never been, nor will there ever be, a vaccine against these related foes. But we have been provided a savior from them. He is the very same one that people were waiting for in the days of Caesar and Herod and the Pharisees. He is the very same one that all too many people saw as a babe in the manger but didn't realize as a messiah. The very same one all too many still see as a charming infant but don't recognize as the Savior of the nations come. The very same one who will come again in final victory after the manner which the prophets and the gospel writers have spoken. But for we who do recognize and worship this one, this celebration of the season of Advent is a time both for reflecting on the day that the Redeemer came to earth, inaugurating the era of a new covenant, as well as for anticipating the day when the Redeemer will come again to earth, fully consummating this era of the new covenant. This day is for us the entry into the special season of eager anticipation. So welcome, my brothers and sisters, once more to Advent. This past week, I did something that I hadn't done since the pandemic reached full force here on the shore, and that was I left the shore. The family packed up our masks, got in the van, and drove to a remote wooded hilltop in the shadow of the Smoky Mountains. We ate some farm-raised turkey in the midst of the flocks of wild turkey all around us, as well as some deer, rabbits, and a fox. The weather was, as it has been this month here as well, unseasonably mild there. There were some passing showers, every once in a while, and when they came, those bands of precipitation would pass by, and when they did so, they would reveal to us slowly once again the grand vistas of the mountain ranges before us. The peaks rising up towards the heavens and trailing off to the horizon would once again be slowly And magnificently revealed there wasn't anything that we could do to hurry Mother Nature along. We simply had to wait for her to reveal the beauty that we knew was just beyond our sight. Welcome, brothers and sisters, once more to Advent. There's less than a month now before Christmas, We just endured another Black Friday, and Cyber Monday is tomorrow, so that means that we must be getting down into the home stretch. Many folks have already put up their Christmas trees and decorated their homes with lights and greens. I know of some people who began as early as Halloween this year, that the classic animated Christmas shows have begun on television, the music is on the radio, all this, and we are still in November. We can hardly wait. But wait is exactly what we must do while we count down on our advent calendars. In fact, that is the very activity which the children are in the process of doing right now, is making Advent calendars to mark the days until Christmas. We're more than 13 months now into our season of special prayer for the reformation of the church And I have to say that the good Lord has not disappointed us with his attentiveness to our prayers. Just as the people of Israel were sent an answer to their prayers for a Savior who came in the unexpected form of a baby in a cattle stall in Bethlehem, we have seen our prayers being answered in most unexpected and frankly rather uncomfortable ways. But we also know from Scripture that the child born to Mary and Joseph that winter's night would begin his public ministry for another 30 years. In a similar fashion, the radical reordering of the church is not taking shape overnight. In the Old Testament, we read about the time that it took to rebuild the temple after seasons of destruction and exile It was a gradual process, one that spanned generations and involved the concerted work and prayers of untold numbers of faithful laborers. But over time, walls were raised, floors were installed, doors were framed, roofs were completed, rooms were partitioned, and furnishings were constructed, ritual spaces. We're outfitted and consecrated as we are in sight of the end of what some have said might be the longest year in history. We are anxious for progress to be made manifest, progress toward a return to what passed for normal 12 months ago and there is encouraging word on the status of new treatments for and defenses against the COVID threat. Multiple groups are reporting what may be promising results from clinical trials, and approvals for some new drug therapies have also recently been won. We are anxious for the economy to rebound and for millions of laid-off employees to return to work, especially for those who find themselves in that number. And there has been some encouraging news on that front as well. The number of unemployed nationally has decreased since the start of the economic shutdown this past spring. The stock market has been bouncing back with the Dow Jones Industrial Average having recently achieved a new all-time high mark. We are anxious for our church to return. We look forward to that day when we can once again be the church that we were a year ago before everything seemed to unravel. And that day can certainly not come soon enough. But I am becoming increasingly convinced that waiting for the coming of such day will only set us up for disappointment like so many of the Israelites in the day of Herod. There never was to rise another king to rule over Israel like David. There never was to rise another Maccabean-like dynasty. The promised one did come, and he ushered in a new era. But it was not a recycled version of the old. It was something completely different. And that's the direction I think that we are headed as church. A reformation that's more than just a bit of cosmetic work around the edges, more than a modest amount of landscaping or a fresh coat of paint. It's something more profound, a structural change that's not a passing fad, but a long-term reimagining of what church looks like and how it operates in a brave new world Now, I fully admit, I don't know what the world or even what the church is going to look like, how changed they both are going to be when we come out the other side of our current distress. All I know is that God remains constant through it all, that his covenant faithfulness endures throughout generations. And long after he created the heavens and the earth, and all that exists therein. When the days were accomplished, when we were at the point of losing hope, he acted again dramatically in human history to send a Savior to and for the nations. And he has promised to visit us once again at a time of his own choosing. My brothers and sisters, welcome to Advent. In this season, we are especially invited to be watchful for God's work as we celebrate what he has already done and as we give thanks for his promises which are yet to be revealed. And for that, we may truly say, thanks be to God and amen.